All right. We are running it back with Hayato Hori. We had Hayato on here last year, and I believe Antoine Martel introduced us to you, if my memory serves me correctly. And Hayato was telling us about his journey and how he scaled a wholesaling business and through COVID and all that. So, I mean, immense growth since we've even chatted. And I want to really dive deep into like what's going on now and then get a lot more tactical because we've all gained a lot more experience, knowledge, business growth, all that stuff. So if you want to listen to Hayato's story, you know, go to the, the other podcast, but let's get right into it, man. Thanks so much for, for hopping on, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Antonio and Landon again. For the second time, I'm honored to be here. Of course, man. Of course. So let's just get right into it, man. So you're, you're the CEO of Rocket Offers, and that was a wholesaling business that you know built out a network of tons of retail investors, institutional investors, where you're basically finding deals and flipping those deals to them, never actually seeing the properties. And now, since that's been so great and sustainable, you've built this coaching model to also teach people how to do it. So wherever you want to direct the conversation, just fill us in based on the you know what the last years look like for you. Yeah, yeah. And just to give you context on kind of everything that we've been doing. So I was just telling Antonio before this too, but you know, three years ago, uh, we started a wholesaling business at just before COVID started. Super weird time for us. We were like, what's going to happen? I just quit my job. Like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And I just jumped into this real estate wholesaling thing and don't even know if it's going to work out. And then all of a sudden, it's under the pandemic hits. But we were able to kind of use that to our advantage and be able to then virtually send contracts out, set up a business where we can actually get contracts completed, get get videos of properties, right? And pictures and whatnot, all virtually as much as possible. And we were then able to scale up our business completely remote as well. So it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. Fast forward to three years from now. So, well, last year we grew our company to doing just about 10 to 15 wholesale deals every single month. And we were getting a lot of institutional buyers jumping in. I think you guys might have seen that too, where last year, even in maybe February, March, even going into June was really, really hot. I mean, it looked like everyone was buying any any property that they could get hands on, right? And then all of a sudden, things changed. And then interest rate changed. And that started to creep up. And a lot of institutional buyers stopped purchasing. And so I think around September, October, November, and December, it was a weird time for sure. No one knew what was going to happen. No one knew what the rates were going to be like in the coming months. But we still had investors, people who were buying cash typically didn't really care because they saw an opportunity. They were like, okay, I can jump in, get these properties for way cheaper now than they were, you know, three months ago, six months ago. Then there was a transition period because the sellers were like, my neighbor sold the property for this much, like 300,000. Why are you asking for 270? We're like, did you see the news and the interest rates? And <laughs> have to go through that learning phase. But after three, four months, sellers started to realize, yeah, things are changing a little bit. And so then cash, cash buyers would come back and they would say, okay, well, we can get these properties at a cheaper price and we can go ahead and refinance at a later time when interest rates do come down. Now, we don't know when that's going to be, but that's something that they were speculating. They're still comfortable because they always say in real estate, right? They say, date the rates, marry the price because you can always change the rates. And so mm. a lot of buyers had that mentality. They jumped in. And then beginning, I would say February, March-ish, we started seeing a lot of the institutions that we used to work with 
slowly start to come back. And in July now, going into August, we're seeing a few more of them starting to come back in. And so I think they were able to get the capital they needed, and they obviously need to deploy it somewhere. And so they are slowly coming back into the market. And now the market is honestly still pretty hot. I thought it was going to slow down way more. But to be honest, like in some of the markets, like in Texas or Georgia or Florida, still very, very hot and a lot of competition for properties and inventory is really low, right? There's not that much inventory out there. And so even if demand did slow down, the inventory just just that much lower. And so people are always getting multiple offers on their properties. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's such a weird time. I don't think anyone has a crystal ball and can tell what's going to happen, but it's been an interesting ride. And what we also noticed was like, we have, you know, 75,000 plus retail investors looking for deals and these institutions always looking for deals as well. And I came to a conclusion, like there's just no way we can feed the demand for these properties, even when the market slowed down, we couldn't necessarily provide them with all the deals that they were looking for, right? Even though we want to, like, it's just not possible. There's a reason why there's so many real estate agents out there, so many brokerage companies out there, because it's just not possible. So what we decided to do was we're like, hey, we've done this before. We taught people how to do it and we can do this and actually provide them and give them a network of our investors and art and the key people that we work with and our system and our portals. And you know what? And we can go ahead and give them our step-by-step like instructions on how we built our business. So that's what we started doing as well on top of wholesaling properties for ourselves as well. So love that's it. what we've been in work with. Yeah. I love it. So, so let's, if you don't mind, I want to just revert back two things and, and let me know if this is too personal or not, but I think it applies because a lot of people that are looking into the coaching offer want to know like what what is the potential here to to build this type of business so you were saying you were you built about you're doing about 10 to 15 deals a month what mm-hmm. type of revenues does that create for the wholesaling business and what type of margins does it operate at oh yeah in any given time the deal the size of the deal really de- it depends on the property that you're going for but it usually is between 5 to 15,000 dollars 5 to 20,000 dollars it really depends on the market so Many of the deals that we did were in the Midwest. Uh, we did a lot of deals in Cleveland, Ohio, St. Louis, Missouri, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we did some in Memphis, Tennessee. We have done a few in Little Rock, Arkansas as well. And in those areas, you're most likely going to see your assignment to be just anywhere around five to $10,000 because the purchase price of that property is just that much lower. It's going to be like properties that are anywhere between $30,000 to $100,000. It's not going to be like anything crazy. So the margins there are going to be a little bit lower, but f- you know, five to 10,000 is what you can expect. And then when you go into markets like Houston or you go into markets like Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, if you go into Atlanta, Georgia, your spread can be more along the lines of 15 to $20,000. And those are properties that you're selling to institutions and with institutions before they're paying a lot. Um, and now they've come down on their offer a little bit, but even then they're still making offers on properties and the deals spread that you can kind of expect there is going to be anywhere between 15 to $20,000. So that's yeah, it totally does. And I did have a question kind of in that same vein, right? Like what are the most critical factors that you consider when looking for properties? Like what are you what is your filtering process and then and, and what right. are you identifying? So initially it was kind of 
throw everything at the wall, see what sticks kind of strategy. So I live in California. And when we started looking at properties here in LA, I was like, how, how are we going to, how, how does the number make sense on these like million dollar properties when the rent's like, you know, 0.5% of the purchase price. And when we looked at cash flow, it didn't really make sense. It makes sense as a flip, but again, it's very capital intensive and you have very, very small buyer pools that you go after. And it's very competitive in the LA market, no matter what. And so it was, it was just a market that we just never decided to jump into. And so the first market we dove, dove into was in Memphis, Tennessee. And it happened to be where one of our investors were actually actively buying in. And so that's when we started going into those markets. And I think we did it a little bit differently than other traditional wholesalers per se, because a lot of traditional wholesalers, they get a list, they pick a market that they don't really know of, or maybe they pick their local market and they send out you know, postcards, text messages, emails, just trying to get some sellers to respond and try and get a property under contract that way. And when they do, and we've had that this happen a few times too, where we get a property under contract, but we have no idea who it's going to go to at the end of the day. We have no investor that's lined up for it. And that just leaves a sour taste in not only the seller's mouth, but then also like for us, like we spent all that time and effort and money to get something under contract that doesn't didn't go in. So what we really preach in not only like our system, but also what we teach other people as well. It's kind of like a reverse wholesaling method where we first identify where the investors are. So we kind of follow the money. So we follow where the investors are, where are the institution buying and institutional investors are great because they give you exactly like what zip codes they're trying to go into, the number of bedrooms, the number of bath counts, the year built, how that year built needs to be af built after. So like, they're like, oh, it needs to be built after 1980. So you filter all those properties. They want, you know, maybe a specific number of car garages. It can't be in flood zones. They don't take fire damage. So you get to narrow down a ton on all the properties that you might've been looking at that wouldn't have gone to, you know, an investor at the end. And so we started filtering for those criteria that our institutional investors have told us. And also retail investors as well, we'd ask them, similar and exact same questions. And we would try to narrow down there. Now, retail investors don't typically have an exact formula of what they are looking for, but we can get pretty close to it and ask them like, what cap rates are you looking for? You know, are you looking to fix and flip a property? Or are you looking to buy and hold it? Or are you looking to burr a property? If so, which areas, which zip codes, what areas do you like? And so those are all the areas that we started targeting versus like trying to throw everything at the wall and kind of see what stuck. So we since we changed that, we got way more consistent in the deals that we've done. And we were able to sell it at a higher margin because we knew exactly what the investors would be able to actually offer. And so that's kind of the way that we've moved our company towards. And it's been just way more efficient that way. And we spend way less in marketing. So, so what is it? Yeah, that's great. I appreciate the answer. And what, what does it look like to work with you? So for someone that's listening to this, right, and, and they may have looked up Rocket Offer at this point and gone on the website and seen some some really good deals that have already sold, like what what's the next steps for someone that actually wants to, you know, connect with you, collaborate with 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 your company and, and be a partner or investor? 
Yeah. So for investors who are just looking to buy properties off market or discounted properties, you can go to like rocketoffer.com slash invest. That's where we list all of our properties. So people are always welcome to just go and see like, and we break it down with the financials, take a look at the pictures, give you some comps that we found. Right. And so investors can go there. And then we also started rocket offer partners, which is our coaching program. So Essentially, we teach people exactly how we built our business, right? But also give them access to our network of investors, institutions, and also give them our software that we built to analyze deals. And so that's where if you're looking to get into the business and looking to get into wholesaling, but don't want to do it on your own, because I know how tough it was when I started it by myself. And, you know, no matter how many YouTube videos you go through, like, it's always great to have someone just saying, oh, this is exactly how you should move forward on this deal. Like this is what you should put in a contract to protect yourself, right? And we didn't get that support and coaching. So we lost a lot of money, like learning from our mistakes, but this way they don't, you know, the people who join our partner program, they don't really have to go through that. So that's what we opened. I love it. So, so for those that say wholesaling is very tough to scale, right? Cause it's very time intensive. How, what's the first step to scaling a wholesaling company? Cause you've done it, you know, being able to replace mm-hmm. yourself. How do you do it? I think it's really just breaking down the numbers and really understanding like how many outreach you need to do in order to get that volume of output that you're looking for. And so when we broke down the numbers, we're like, okay, in order for us to get something under contract, we would need to contact maybe 15,000 sellers and once we contact 15,000 sellers, and that's by texting, by the way. So you have like five, six different numbers per seller. So not 15,000 sellers, 15,000 numbers, more accurate way to say it. But we're like every 15,000 numbers that we actually contact, then we're able to get, you know, maybe 15, 20 people that are willing to sign and get something under contract. Now, out of those people, maybe 30% of those people are going to be able to actually go through with it and get with a price that we actually want it to. Okay. And then out of those, maybe 60% will actually close at the closing table. And so once we broke down the numbers, we would just reverse engineer like how much output we would need and what people we would actually need to put into place in order to scale that business up. And that's exactly what we did. I love it. I love it. So what's your vision over the next couple of years? I know that you're you're building out the coaching side of things. I have to assume that as your business has grown, you've been able to capitalize yourself enough to actually take advantage of some of the deals that you're finding as well. Is that something that you're looking into? Like, What's your vision personally as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would love to take it to... You know, I would honestly love to show as many people as possible who want to get into real estate investing, how it works in the wholesaling business and be able to get them consistently doing you know, one, two, three deals a month. Because Honestly, if you're able to consistently do two wholesale deals a month and to do two wholesale deals a month, you don't really need a team. You can honestly do it yourself and it can be very profitable, but you just need systems around it. And so if you built that system around it and you're able to wholesale two deals a month and you make even at the low end five grand on those, I mean, to make 10 grand a month, just wholesaling deals and make six figures a year, I think a lot of people would be ecstatic to replace that with their full-time income. And those are the people that typically come to us too, who just don't want to stay at their W-2 income job and want to go into real estate, but don't know how. And I think it's a great place to start too. And I tell that all the time because with wholesaling, you kind of learn every part of real estate 
that you need to. So when you're fixing and flipping, you need to analyze properties. And if you buy wrong, it will destroy your entire profit and deal, right? And that's really with anything. If you, even if it's a buy and hold, if you buy it wrong, it's just going to hurt you in the long run. And so I think analyzing, getting really good at analyzing deals is so important. And that's what I always tell people that join the partner program. Like the more you analyze and the more you're able to actually see what a good deal is, no matter what you do in the future, whether it's fixing or flipping a property, burying a property, buying and holding, it's going to be really, really beneficial for you. And for a lot of people, this is where they can build up their active capital. So, you know, if they want to flip flip properties, they it's a little bit more capital intensive than wholesaling. And obviously you have more capital at risk when you are flipping properties. And so it's a give and take, right? It, it, and there's no right or wrong way, but I think everyone can benefit from knowing how to wholesale because if you do decide to fix and flip a property, but you'd actually decide you don't want to actually move forward with the property. If you know how to wholesale a deal and just sell it for 10 grand, that is a really good tool that you have under your belt. And so that's really what I want to show people. Like this is going to be just really beneficial where you're going to be able to understand real estate investing as a whole. And we also show people how you can creatively get deals as well. So like subject to seller financing deals. Well, that's a little bit more complicated for most people starting out. So that's not where I really recommend it, but it's in there for anyone who wants to learn. And there are different ways that you can go ahead and make real estate investing work for you, right? And so, yeah, that's my goal. I love it. I love it. And I wish we had the time because I would definitely love to go into the, the seller <laughs> financing world because I think there's there's a lot of opportunity there right now. But my question is, you had gotten into the game because you know, you're relatively young. What, what are you? How old are you? If you 27 know? now. 27. Okay. So you, yeah. you have never really experienced a high interest rate environment, right? When, you've, when you got into the game, interest rates were low. Oh. And so yeah. it was a lot easier to have margin inside of these deals and create more margin inside of the, the wholesaling deal itself. What have you had to learn as interest rates have climbed to create enough margin for you to be profitable, but also for the deal to be attractive to the investor? No, that's a really, really good question. And something that I've learned is it kind of, there's always a transition period and that transition period is the hardest part to go through. But once you're out of it, it kind of balances itself back. So this is kind of what I mean by that. When we were getting properties last year, because the interest rates were so low, because the demand was so high, and because there was still not that much inventory out there, people were bidding on properties like crazy. And so the prices of these properties, and I was always thinking in the back of my head, how are people able to afford prices like this? Like the only reason why people are paying this is because there's, they think that it's going to appreciate that much more in like three months or six months. So even fix and flippers, right? They kind of threw the basics out the window and they were paying, they were in hindsight, right? They were overpaying for those properties, thinking that the market would just help them in case they ran their numbers a little bit wrong and they would still make a profit on it. And so back then we were able to also make margin because the flippers were able to be like, okay, you know, even if the rehab goes 10 grand higher, Two months later, that property is going to appreciate 20 grand. So it's okay. And that's kind of what the consensus was with a lot of people. But now it's way less forgiving. And so people are going back to basics, really running their numbers tightly. But that also means that the sellers, when they put their property out there, they're not getting properties that are 20, 30, 40k above ask like it was. So 
in terms of that, it's just way less competitive and the prices have dropped since then. And so it's adjusted itself. And so for us, as long as there's a margin between us and the investor and also the sellers getting what they want, that's a win-win situation for everyone. And from what we've seen, we haven't seen anything too different in terms of like the average deal size and average deal profit that we're making per deal. The transition part was difficult explaining to the sellers, look, you cannot get what your neighbor got two months ago because the rates are so different and a lot of sellers don't understand that. So that was the most difficult part. But now that the sellers are very, very well aware and they see that, you know, my property sitting on the market for 45 days because I'm pricing it just way too high and investors or even homeowners are telling them like this is priced way too high and it sits there, then the sellers then come to realization that, okay, I do need to get this property priced lower and are able to work with us to get um, a price work out for an investor that do want to buy it from us at the same profit that we would have made like last year, but it's just a different price. So I don't know if that's clear, but that's exactly how it works. That's awesome. Now, I, as far as, you know, your business and your team, how has your team grown and evolved and, you know, where do you see, so that's the first question. The second question is where do you see AI and chat GBT and all that stuff? You know, how do you see that impacting your business and how you continue to grow? Yeah, that's a great question. And when chat GPT came out, I think everyone was trying to figure out like, how do I put this, this amazing piece of technology into my business? And right now, I think the best and, and the easiest way that most people are using chat GP, at least in the real estate space, is just creating descriptions of that property. But besides that, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you can use chat GPT and AI to have conversations with people. So like when you're texting sellers or yeah, when you're going back and forth with maybe even real estate agents or whatever, you can use chat GPT and have them form a message for you. And there's different other types of AI that does it. And we've tried many, many of those as well. I would say, I would say it's still not like 100% perfect. And there always has to be a little bit of a human touch, at least for now. Maybe eventually it's going to get so good to a point where it can literally have a conversation with that other person back and forth and that other person not even knowing they're talking to a robot, right? But as of right now, we're still doing a lot of things still manually. My soft, my partner is a software engineer, so he's using ChatGPT to help him like navigate through code a little bit faster. And that's something that is extremely helpful. And I know there's a new feature in ChatGPT very soon where it actually tests its own code and it let, lets you know whether or not that code actually works or not, which is insane to me. And it can test all these different variables for you because that's where coding takes a lot of time to do. It's just testing. And so I think in terms of AI, uh, five, 10 years from now, it's going to be just crazy where it can go and have a conversation with a seller for you, maybe even book an appointment for you. If you maybe have to do an inspection, maybe that can all be done through AI and having that conversation, booking that uh, appointment time and all that without you having to manually do it. But as of right now, we haven't really incorporated it in a way that I see it. Um, working out. But I think in the next five years or so, we'll see a huge change there and everyone will be using it. I love it. I, I agree with you. So 
as we near the wrap up point here, what does it look like for someone to come aboard with you on, on the coaching side of things? Like what's the, what's the offer? What can they expect? Is there a course involved? How much access do they have to you? When can they expect to, you know, start turning a profit on this side of things? For those that are listening, I think there could be a lot of interested people. What does that look like? Yeah, definitely. So our offer is essentially that we'll give you our entire blueprint and system on how we built our company step by step. So it's a video module just going over exactly how we built our business. We give support and coaching throughout the entire process in Discord. So I'm in there answering questions all the time with our coach as well, just making sure that everyone's questions are answered and we support you throughout the entire process. And then we also give you, again, access to our entire network of investors, institutional and also retail investors that you can tap into. And then we also provide you with a portal that we built that helps us analyze deals easier and get expected offers from investors because we reverse engineered how our buyers kind of come up with their offers. And as long as you analyze properties, you'll be able to get something spit out saying, hey, this investor might be able to offer $180,000 based on how you analyze the property. So you know how to get it for you know, 170, 160, depending on what spread you want. So that's everything we have to offer. And if they do, if people are interested, please email me at hayato at rocketoffer.com. Happy to go ahead and let you know what the next steps are. But our goal, again, is to really help as many people start up that business. And typically, we see that within their first four months, people get their first property under contract and maybe even able to sell that property to an investor. And again, the deal size is like five to 20 grand. We've had one client that joined and she, after two months, she made 19,000 from selling it to an institutional investor. Now that's obviously a little bit out, a little bit of an outlier, but definitely possible. It could still happen. And so as long as you put in effort, I think just like your podcast, right? Consistency always wins. And so as long as you stay consistent, you're going to be able to go ahead and get deals done. It's a numbers game at the end of the day in any business you're at. Appreciate the plug there, man. That's that's awesome. And, and as Alex Ramosi always says, this is an offer that's too good and you feel stupid saying no to. So if you're <laughs> listening to this and you're looking to get into entrepreneurship or wanting to tap into real estate, in my opinion, this is much better than trying to like be a real estate agent and all that stuff. You don't need the licensing and you could get really good hands-on experience and then build up the capital to then become a real estate investor as well. So with that, Hayato, always a pleasure connecting with you, man. Thank you so much for coming on here and getting tactical with us as well. And we're excited to watch you grow, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys for having me on the podcast.